Hello, podcast listeners. You're listening to the Gym and Tonic podcast with myself, Stephen Geddes. We cover all topics, health, fitness, and wellness related. We talk to special guests and industry leaders and get them to share their stories and experiences along with sharing our own journey and thoughts of this industry. Most importantly, we love what we do and we invite you to share your thoughts on our social media platforms. Welcome to the podcast and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today we have 25-year-old Fionn Era Davies from Wales, currently training in Ireland, and she's a black belt under Dara O'Connell. Fionn, up to date, has already had a phenomenal career, meddling multiple times at the Worlds, um, most recently last year, double gold at the Europeans, and she's just had an absolutely phenomenal run. Okay, so with that, I'm going to get Fionn here in on board. And we're going to get started, guys. So if you have any questions, let's get them ready and we'll try and um, go to those towards the end of the interview. All right, let's bring in. How are you? Hi. <laughs> How are you? Not too bad. Thanks so much for jumping on board. Well, no worries. <laughs> Good. Yeah, so I just gave a little intro there for you. We've got plenty of people jumping on here now, so great to see. Um, can we start off by, if you just don't mind filling the gaps and telling everybody your story and how you got into jiu-jitsu, and we, we go from there. Um, so I got into jiu-jitsu through MMA. Um, I think most people probably got into it because of that. But uh, yeah, I started uh, MMA first, and then we had to do jiu-jitsu as part of it, and uh, that's how I got into it. But um, I come from like a judo background as well, so it kind of already had some grappling there, and uh, yeah, kind of just made sense to do some jiu-jitsu then. Yeah, that's definitely something I wanted to speak to you about, actually your early days. Um, I believe you played rugby and uh, did you judo when you were a little bit younger, and then you transitioned, as you said, in 2013. Was it transitioned into, into MMA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> That's the normal sort of stepping stone, I think, for most people. Um, but I definitely want to delve into what it was like for you getting into the sport. Um, now it's become a little bit more mainstream, obviously. I mean, in 2013, um, like, like with Conor McGregor, in Ireland it was virtually unknown, <laughs> you know, until, until sort of Conor made his stamp um, with the UFC and things. So you obviously came from a judo background. So I'm guessing the transition was a little bit easier. Um, but you were still heading into a sort of a male-dominant sport. Um, it's becoming a lot more, and thank God, as I said, it's becoming a lot more um, mainstream. And there's a lot more females in there and guys in there. And it's starting to grow. How did it feel for you when you made that transition and you were sort of walking in to get into that sort of more male-dominant um, sport at the time? um for me it's different i guess maybe to like a lot of women because i've always enjoyed male dominated sports yeah i don't know i just like wrestling and, and i've always been a bit of a tomboy um so it's like i i was so used to being in a room of, of guys and for me what would have been more uncomfortable was going into like a dance studio or something that was more traditionally yeah. feminine environment because i'd be so out of my depth and something like that um so it kind of felt normal um to be honest like i was just kind of used to being the girl and i kind of was used to being sort of perceived as going to be weak and maybe gonna be annoying for the class kind of thing and then i like got like that thrill of trying to prove them wrong like no i can't be good <laughs> so like i was okay i was kind of used to it and maybe i had a bit of a not chip on my shoulder but just that just used okay. to it you know like used to being um maybe expected to not be very able or whatever yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was the reason? Let's talk about your early years a little bit. Okay, so you, you entered into rugby at age 11, is that correct? I was, no, I, I did rugby when I was like seven or eight. Yeah, so. And, but in and, the boys team. <laughs> and then transitioned into the judo. Um, how far did you take the judo and why did you decide to take the next step um, into, what was it the, the goal or the challenge of just trying something new? Or was it something that was sort of, that you had just wanted to try for some time? Um, my parents both did judo. Um, they had to because they work in a mental health hospital. So okay. that was like their self-defense. 
Um, though I don't think you should be throwing mental patients. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I that bit out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so they got me into it. And originally my brother uh, was the one who was kind of meant to do it. And I wanted to, uh, like wanted to join in. Um, so that's how I got into judo then. And then as far as how far I took it, I was on the Welsh team and I won the British as a junior. Mm. But like, I, I don't know. It's hard, like with like they're like oh I like judo and blah blah blah. And, like I wasn't very high level, but like I did, I was average. But like, yeah, like, I would train a lot. It was like okay, no, it was I think we're just having a, a couple of every. I just missed a couple of no? a couple of seconds there. I think our internet. <laughs> I don't know if myself uh, not great at oh, the minute with everyone. Else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, missed it there. You said from the British, you won the British as a youth. Yeah, so I, I won the British as a junior and I, like the with the training it was like every night of the week um you'd go it's different from jiu-jitsu where that each club would have a session like twice a week maybe once a week so you'd go around to all different clubs every night of the week um mm. and then on the weekend i'd usually have a tournament or i'd have sometimes two tournaments in a weekend so that was intense <laughs> um but i loved it for a while and then it, you know you just become a teenager and it you just start to wish you could hang out with your friends and you kind of feel a bit strange because you've got big muscly arms and no one else does and, <laughs> and um you just want to fit in so i think that's what pulled me away from it more yeah i think as a youth i think everyone goes through that sort of stage anyway where you're trying to fit in with different groups and our groups and as you progress you start to become a little bit you start to find your I find, find what suits you and and the people you surround with yourself with the people that sort of help you and um, as a person, um, how did, just as you tipped on it there, and it's something I'd like to address, jumping from sort of school to school, when it came to competition, um, because it, it, I know some very traditional schools really frown upon you training with other people and things like that. When it came to competition, how did you decide who you were going to compete for and for what banner? So it was always, um, like the way the scene worked, uh, it would, it, you'd have your team, like your club team, but I, I represented Wales. Yeah. Like I started in this gym and like the gym I started in would be my main gym. Um, I went around to loads of different gyms and no one ever cared about that because it was all team Wales, um, which I think is something that I wish jiu-jitsu could kind of become a bit more, like really get behind your country and people who are going out there and representing your country mm -hmm. um, rather than being weird about the gym politics so much. Um, I guess it's just because when you go to Wills, you represent a team and it's not like by national country or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a shame, but I guess whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, you, can we talk about the, I suppose the stage when you were at the, um, back at CRA Academy. Okay, mm -hmm. so you out your journey with the Chris Reese Academy. Um, am I correct in saying you got your blue and purple belt? You were promoted to, up to purple and uh, then you found Dara O'Connell. Mm -hmm. uh, guy as well, Dara O'Connell, ECJJA. Um, East Coast Jiu Jitsu, um, you eventually made the transition from uh, from CRA Academy to to uh, ECJJA, and eventually got promoted through to black belt from Dara in two thousand and eighteen. Isn't that correct? Yes. Five. Black belt. Very good. Very good. Um, what made you because you build in those initial stages and in those initial few years, you really build bond with with people especially when you're going from white to blue and blue to purple and that sort of thing what made you because it's a huge decision to jump and um, was it just did you feel it was time for you to move on or how did you make that decision um like from cra yeah yeah it was more like my my boyfriend at the time he moved to a different city and he started his own gym yeah um and he went under dara and it wasn't like i don't know i don't know they just weren't as yeah. weird about it like it was just more like they weren't the gym it's like cra I, I get on with the guys there now like totally <laughs> fine but at the time there was a bit of a strain mm -hmm. um just like you can't get on super well with everyone all the time or kind yeah. of have the exact same thought processes as someone else so it was like certain things that like maybe i didn't agree with so much and they didn't agree with me on certain things and rather than forcing something because of like loyalty and, and all this and being a creon do you yeah like um, i'd just rather go go with him and go to that gym and, and he was going to start his own thing and, and start a gym and you know like he wanted to make a career of jiu-jitsu so i moved with him and you know like 
we're fr I'm friends with Ash and, and Chris and we, mm. we're fine you know like I can when I go home I can go there and train and there's no like dramas yeah but like for me like when like my my ex went under Dara then he like opened his gym, gym uh under Dara because he'd been training with Dara he'd went out to Ireland and trained with him a few times and they got really well and just made sense at the time I guess it was just kind of I don't know luck I guess <laughs> and uh yeah and then I went out there and started training sometimes too uh, because it's not like a huge scene in Wales like it's definitely growing and there's a lot of good guys there um but it's not the same like to what Dara's got at his gym where he's got a bunch of people who are training for the same goals as what I have so it just made sense to move there and then when I split from my ex that's when I moved to Ireland then so I'd have been under Dara for a while and then I moved because I'd go to tournaments and I'd be with him and he'd coach me and I'd meet all the guys there and, and like I'd train to them. So I had like, um, obviously like friendships with them, like not as close as we are now, but um, yeah. So it just made sense. And like, they were just trying to do the same thing as what I'm trying to do. And like, that's the path I wanted to go down. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. So your ethos sort of aligned. Exactly. Like we had the same ideals and like the same style of like, I don't know, like just, just the same, yeah, ethos, I guess. So it just made sense to go with people with the same path as you or whatever. Of course. So, so <laughs> fair to say that it was nearly a sort of a chance meeting. It became more so through your boyfriend, as you said, and then you then you eventually made the move after you spit with, with the boyfriend. Move, moving house is a pretty decent, is a pretty tough thing to do. Moving country uh, to, to a completely new team. I know you were training with them already. Um, but to, to make that huge jump, was it, was it sort of escapism, you know, or was it that you were excited for this new challenge? Um, like, what were the thoughts going through your mind when you made that move to Ireland? We, like... um, I think it was kind of like make or break. It was, it was like, I, obviously, I, I just was going for a breakup and I was like, I'll go there and train for a little while. Um, just like to get some space because we obviously, I trained, he was my, he was teaching me. He was like, yeah ran all the classes so it's a bit awkward um so i was like i'll go to ireland for a bit and like just get some training in and then i'll just kind of figure out what i'm going to do from there because i don't know what i'm going to do really so it was like that kind of mindset um and but i'd just gotten silver at world pro and it was like the brown black belt uh division combined and so you get prize money at the at the time the prize money was higher <laughs> so it was, i had five grand that i'd won and i was like I can do like I can go and live in Ireland for a, a few months with this like I can survive up there for a while and luckily Dara let me stay in the spare room and then later in his in his mother's spare room so like just completely for free and, and like helped me out massively um which not many people would do <laughs> so um I had a big help there and yeah I was like I'm just gonna go for it I've got this money here and when once that money started to run out because obviously it's paying for tournaments and stuff as well it got to a point where I was like, hope I book a seminar this month or I'm not going to have any food. <laughs> so it was like every month I just have to make sure I could get one seminar and like work. go for it like that. <laughs> it, it actually brings me on to my next question because I was going to say there's so many uh, people out there who, who want to sort of make, uh, make a name for themselves when it comes in, in all sports, not just, uh, not just jujitsu. Um, but they're trying to find the funds or, you know, balance a job that maybe is fun in their competition or fun in their training, mm -hmm. trying to balance that with their training. So again, you were quite lucky, well, not lucky, you put yourself in that position to, to get to a point where you're able to compete in the pro and, and win this money. But um, what would your advice sort of be to those that are looking to make that jump, but are maybe tied down with other things, whether it be, you know, like whether it be just general, um, you know, work or, or, or you know, how, how do they make the balance? What can they do? I mean, it's like, I don't want to be like, oh, quit your job and pursue your dreams. Dream. Like, some people have families and, and maybe they actually like that job. <laughs> um, but I think for me, I just, I had such a clear opportunity and it was like, am I going to, what book like what am I gonna do with this five grand am I gonna just gonna save it away for maybe a house or could I book a holiday of this and it's just make not making a sacrifice because it didn't feel like that for me it was like this is my chance to go and do what like I've this has been on my mind for a while now like I knew that like to a point like I, I wanted to go to Ireland and 
uh, for a while and I'd thought about it where I knew like they had like such good training there and I go out there every month and it just it just made sense and I thought I'll just make the jump and, and take yeah. the risk and what's the worst that can happen I end up going back home and going back to working on the doors during like whatever like I have to do that I have to do that but I always have my parents house to go back and live in now I'm not sure they would have really wanted to be back there but um they would have taken me in you know it wasn't like um yeah. they would be like no so I I knew realistically what position I was in I knew I could get a job if I needed to get a job um even in Ireland I have like the door um certification thing so I knew I could like work at nightclubs or whatever and then train in the week if I had to or I knew I always had like a backup option but I wanted to make the best out of jiu-jitsu and I knew that coming into my black belt it was, as well it was like like it was like make or break where I don't want to go back and live in Wales and have to work so hard to rebuild up some money to be able to train the way I want to train and to be able to achieve the things I want to achieve and um yeah so like it really pushed me to like yeah. try and win some tournaments <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's great because like we're often just when you mentioned the you know making the move and things like that it was more that it was an investment in yourself whether whether career was at the back of that or you thought of any of that it, it was that you you wanted to go and improve yourself and as you said you're coming close to your black belt and things like that because we're often so often we're taught traditionally you know oh you have to be old put that in the back <laughs> you know or yeah best in in something and exactly as you're saying like investing in yourself and and making that jump yeah you know risk reward rate i suppose has to always be taken into account but for you as you said you you weren't gonna go homeless if you needed to you could have gone and got a job um so so it's fantastic so fast fantastic you, you touched on that um when did you start to see i suppose what was when did you go and realize that okay i can start actually making a career out of this i, I can start making a few bob and and not only that but see the world as you have you know i think the biggest turning point for me was when my sponsor um started to pay me each month so mm -hmm. that was like a huge thing and like like such a relief because they were willing to make that investment and when i could go and um start to rent properly myself and not have to live in Dyer's room <laughs> and his man's room and feel so guilty for that um that was like a huge turning point for me so shout out to kings and barefoot <laughs> but um once that happened because i'd won um i started winning things at black belt and and uh flow were kind of i don't know highlighting that and things um so i started to develop a bit of not like a following it wasn't cringy but you know like people yeah. started to go oh, oh I, I like to watch your matches <laughs> um so once that started happening and Kings were like, oh, we're going to invest in you and, and help. And um, they were already sponsoring me with kit and things and paying for tournaments. But then it was like to be able to have a situation where I wouldn't have to freak out if I didn't book a seminar or if I didn't have private lessons booked was a huge relief. And I could just actually focus on my training a bit more. And like the seminar money was like a bonus as opposed to like make or break. <laughs> um, so once uh, that kind of happened for me, like that was like a big turning point. So that only came through um, winning tournaments. So it was like, when I'd go to the tournament, it was like, I wasn't thinking, oh, I have to win, but I was thinking I have to put on a good performance to start to make a name for myself. Because when you put on good performance, um, more people want you for seminars anyway. So, yeah. So was there a particular moment or a, a particular um, turning point? You've obviously said when, when Keynes came board and barefoot and you got you you started getting sponsorship and money through but was was there a particular defining moment there that sort of helped you progress to that next level um like was it a tournament or was it just like when when did you all of a sudden realize okay something is just after changing and clicking here um i think when i won nogi worlds yeah it was like my second black belt tournament um i did the dublin open a few weeks before and that was obviously amazing and like had all my team there and it was great um but when i went to nogi world it's like let's see if i can actually do okay in the black belt division because I, I fought some of the girls already because they combined brown and black belt and at adcc i'd fought like be a mosquito who's like the best and, and i was like oh jesus <laughs> um so it was like i didn't get to mix with them too much but i had a little bit which is like the benefit of the women's division is you kind of get thrown in with the black belts a lot because they're just like why not have, have fun. <laughs> um so like there was that benefit of like i kind of knew what to expect but 
um, the more I mixed in, the more I got like a, an idea of where I was at. And when I won Nogi Worlds, it was like, okay, like I, I belong here. You know, it's not like, yeah, um, it's not a fluke or anything. It's like, if I can win this tournament, like I definitely know that I'm in a good spot. So going from there, that gave me a lot of confidence, like the season then. And that was like a big uh, turning point for like how I'd compete then. Yeah. They often say as well, when you get your belt, and you, you, everyone has those questions initially, oh, do I belong here or that? But you, then you start to start performing to that level and you start fitting in with your belt. But then when you go to where, you know, you're getting to like no-gi worlds and that and you're performing as a black belt, is it's just another step entirely. So I can imagine the questions that go through your head at that point. So yeah. if you're trying to prove to yourself as well. Yeah, no, I, to be honest, when Dar gave me my black belt, I was, I felt, that sounds really bad. I felt like I was a black belt. I mean, like a, a before, I was like, I was ready for it. And when he gave it to me, I was like, cool. It, it, and we'd had that chat before where it was like, not like this is exactly when you're going to get it, but like yeah. I knew it was probably coming um, because like it's different because I'm a competitor. So like there has to be like some sort of thought process behind, okay, you need to qualify for this. So probably can't not like, so I, he wanted me to do Europeans at black belt and I wanted that too. So um there had to be that in consideration but luckily i won worlds of brown so i didn't have to get the qualification points but like there's like those talks and he does have that with the competitors um so like i was like ready for it and, and i'd won brown but worlds uh that summer so i was just i was just ready for it and i felt i knew i was that level but i just didn't know could, could i be the level i wanted to be which is to win like to win the tournaments and to medal at least and yeah, so that was like the big concern. <laughs> yeah, and you've had, well, like, like that, like ECJJ has such a fantastic competition team. Like, so, um, yeah, I, I can understand what you mean and that you knew you had a sort of a strategy going forward. So it wasn't such a surprise. Um, the, you've had a phenomenal run. You've, you've competed at a very high level. Um, how do you deal with the other side of things, like the, the losses? when a loss comes how do you prepare yourself for that mentally and when that does happen how do you get out of that and move forward yeah i used to take losses way harder at the lower belts and i yeah. think that's common um it feels like the end of the world but what i noticed when i got to black belt was like i didn't like i wanted like those things i wanted to win uh worlds of blue purple and brown and like win all the belts and that didn't work out and then i was like take it so hard and then I, I got to black belt and I was like, no, no one cares. <laughs> like nothing, nothing matters. Like no one cares I won brown belt worlds. No one cares if I won whatever, a, a blue or purple. Like it does not matter when you get to black belt. That's, that's yeah. the professional level and that's where it actually counts. So it took loads of pressure off me. Um, and yeah, like it just took loads of pressure off then when I got to black belt. So to win those tournaments then it was like, I've got years and years at this belt now. I've got all the time in the world. Well, not all the time in the world, but <laughs> until I'm crum crumbly and <laughs> really tired. But um, it's like I've got so many tries now to try and win worlds and, and I'm not rushing it. And yeah, so it's like, yeah. So it's actually because my, ne my next question was going to be about the pressure becoming a black belt and trying to perform at that level. Ah, sorry. <laughs> You've sort of you've, you've taken that question away from me. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I, I was going to ask about, I suppose, when you competed at the Worlds for the first time at Black Belt then. Um, was there any pressure there to perform? Um, and, and if so, how did you deal with those nerves going in? I, I, like, was it, I, I'm sure there was no pressure from out, outside pressure, but, but there was pro probably, maybe I'm wrong, pressure on yourself to perform and, and to, to do your best there. How do, you, how do you deal with those emotions? Oh, last year's Worlds was so tough. Um, probably the worst, what was the worst? The worst experience <laughs> um because yes i had i felt like i had tons of pressure because originally in that season like i won europeans and then i won pans and then i won brazil nationals and then there was like talks of the grand slam and then flow was just, like it's not having a go at flow but it was like flow was like beyond davis she's going for the grand slam she's going for the grand slam she won this 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 and it's like oh my god like this is the worst thing ever like it went from this is my first year no one expects anything of me and no one knows who the hell i am to 
like, oh, she's going to win Worlds. She's going to win Worlds. She's definitely going to win. Because I'd, I'd beaten the girls in my division at tournaments before that. Yes. And it was, like, expected. And then on the day, no. It yeah. did not go well. Like, the first match, I was in a triangle um, from the get-go. And I like, just performing bad. And I got out, luckily. And I did manage to win. And then I got footlocked then in the semis. So I begged the match going into the final. And I got, I got footlocked. And it was just, like... I wasn't expecting it and it was just like the worst <laughs> experience um you got taken off injured did you in that in that one yes and they filmed it and <laughs> proceeded to share it everywhere i was like thanks flo thank <laughs> you for that yeah. i'm glad everyone can see and lots of people enjoyed that i'd been injured weirdly um and were like yes which is <laughs> weird that's weird to have people like when you get hit yeah. <laughs> but um seeing these anyway. injuries happen in real time i, I mean whatever yeah. <laughs> um that's you know when that happened and when when you 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 obviously you know heck it's a pretty it's a pretty bad thing to get injured from um what what went through the head like what did you what were your emotions then and and getting to that point and then i suppose to feel it being stripped away from you oh it was Horrific. Yeah. I was like, I was like hysterically crying. I'm the worst person in the world where I can't hold my emotions in as well. I'll just cry on the mat and the ref's like, excuse me, miss, can you just get off, please? Yeah. Can you get off the mat? <laughs> I'm just crawling up like, oh. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like it's, but I wasn't more like, um, ow, my foot. It was more just like, oh, this is really sad. Really? Like I was just devastated and like obviously my foot hurt, but at the same time it was more um, just deep sadness. Yeah. When, <laughs> when it comes to jujitsu, like, like people still ask, ask me about it when I'm training and competing and things like that. And, and why do you do it? And some people still don't understand, you know, what's the, what's the attraction. And I'm always trying to describe it, how humble it makes you and, and how you just, how you, the feelings you get from it more so than anything. And on that point, actually, I, I want to say with anyone watching as well, one of the things I'll often say to my clients is find what you enjoy doing. So whether that is jujitsu or football or whatever it is, like find what you enjoy doing because no more than yourself, you're doing it now regularly, you're doing it as a career. I'm sure it's that it was more the sheer enjoyment of it. Yeah, like definitely. Like I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't enjoy it. Um, and I kind of learned my lesson of that through judo as well. Yeah. Where, um... <laughs> Sorry, my housemate just commented. Funny <laughs> um, comments come up there. I was wondering. Sorry, yeah. Um, yes. Someone said, oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got some weird ones here. We got some sorry. weird ones. <laughs> um, yes, I am reading those comments. Um, yeah, sorry. What was the question again? <laughs> um, I, th I actually went off a little bit. The, the initial question was going to be, how do you stay calm and collected when it comes to competing at such a high level? But I went on <laughs> tangent a little bit, which I tend to do sometimes. So oh, maybe, right. maybe we'll just fast forward a little bit and I'll ask you that. How, oh, where it came about was when, when I'm trying to describe to people why I do it. Um, and one of the things, it gets you so comfortable in those uncomfortable positions. And I think that's such a correlation to everything else you do, um, you, you start being able to handle stress and handle things just a hell of a lot better. Um, and that's what I try and describe to people when, it, when, when they ask me about it, you know? Yeah. Um, but that staying calm and collected is so important when it comes to, comes to your training and when it comes to competition in particular. Uh, how do you, or what do you do to stay calm and collected at that point when you're, when you're competing at that level and there's that pressure that's there? Um. It was like, it's hard. Like, I think it did let it affect me a lot of times. Like, I just kind of freak out and, and like succumb to like the, I don't know, like the internal pressure that I put on myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like a black belt, it was kind of like, if I let this freak me out now and I'm fighting all my idols, it's like, yeah. it'll, it'll probably always freak me out. And it'll be something I'll have to like wrestle with for the rest of my career. Career? You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Grapple <laughs> <Practical> career. <laughs> career. career. <laughs> my pajama career <laughs> um so i was like well i'm just gonna suck it in <laughs> and not let it get to me and just just go for it you know so um it was kind of just not letting any of those thoughts come in because i knew if i let any any anything come in and, and affect me that um that it was always gonna affect me and i'd have to like really struggle with that for the rest of my career so 
it was kind of from the get-go I was like I can't be freaked out about who I'm fighting I, I can't go and google them for months and months although I know everyone who I fight now because yeah I usually yeah. love them and I'm like I'm your I'm your fan <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah it's like not letting it get to me in the first place and that's easier said than done but I know but you train all the time and it's like this is just like going to the gym and rolling only I'm gonna go crazy at you instead <laughs> of just normal rolling yeah a lot of those nerves I suppose come when, when people are nervous in, in when they're put in that position it, it is often that they may not have put the work in prior to that um, mm. and I, I suppose it comes down to having a good routine and a strategy as you approach as you approach competition what's your sort of your daily routine look like and your time prior to to competition those few weeks beforehand and indeed on the day like what do you do to make sure that you're mentally sharp you're on point that you're ready to go and that the nerves are as much as at bay as possible so like for controlling nerves on the day of competition um but like i think a lot of people i've heard a lot of people like i don't get nervous now and i'm like you don't get nervous now i've competed since i was eight it's years old in something during like in judo and I am still nervous every time I compete. Yeah. It's just different. I'm just used to being nervous. Yeah. So it's like competing as often as possible is like a huge recommendation because you have to practice controlling your nerves. And there's no like one recipe. You just kind of have recipe. I sound like a Brina when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he made a speech at ADCC about making a cake. But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> not the point. Um, but uh, yeah, so. I will change it every time. So some days I'm I'm like really jittery and shaky. And I know that if I like don't do something to get that energy out of me, I'm going to freak out. So I make sure I roll um, with someone just to get like that first round nerves out of me and like get a bit of the adrenaline out. Um, sometimes I just hop around and do a little dance. Yeah. Not like dance, but like, you know, like a little ooh, with my headphones on, listen to some music. Other times I just need to do like some yoga and like yeah. chill out. Um, but because I compete so often now, I know I, I know my mood and what I need to be lifted out of that mood. Sometimes I need to just talk to Dara constantly and like have a laugh with him yeah. to like get me out of that place and he can kind of vibe um, how I'm feeling as well and he'll just start chatting to me or whatever. Um, and he knows like kind of when to leave me alone and same with my boyfriend as well. Like he's a black belt and he competes so he knows how to like pull me out of mood, you know, or whatever. Um, they can kind of recognize that too because we all do it so often, we're all together so often, um, we all know how to like pull each other out of those moods and kind of vibe each other out. And yeah, I think just practicing competing, like what works for you is the main thing rather than what works for me. Um, so you, you have to compete all the time or like not all the time, but a lot <laughs> to just get used to, what, to how you feel in that situation. Yeah. Cause everyone's different. And you've yeah, no one is not nervous. <laughs> that ritual on the day that that helps you or you like like do you wake up at a certain time or do you do anything specific on the morning or is it just go with the flow and you know monitor your own nerves or your emotions and try and adapt depending on how you're feeling it's you have to be adaptable it can't be this is my routine because as soon as one thing goes wrong and you're in that nervous sort of mood you're gonna freak out <laughs> um i don't have like a specific routine I vibe out myself and I go with the flow and I'm as bendy as possible because if the board is, is down and I can't see what time I'm on, it's like, or something like that happens where it's like... Yeah, there's a lot um, of things that are out of your control. Exactly. And like, what's in my control? Uh, what's in my control is how I'm going to fight and that's all I focus on. And if everything is like crumbling around me, I'm just kind of like, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to keep warming up. And just, I can't let, I just don't let anything like that affect me and I just focus on me and um yeah. usually the people around me help out with making things a bit smoother so yeah <laughs> uh, i don't have a set routine though i wonder does that mindset come from from actually training and competing as well because obviously we mentioned adaptability like when it comes to 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 competition or rolling with anyone you need to be able to be adaptable because you cannot control what they're gonna do um and a lot of surprises come can 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 uh creep up uh when when you're grappling um so again it goes back to the old control controllable figure out what you can do and and just be willing to adapt and you get that again from training regularly and from staying on points yeah exactly yeah excellent so uh how has it felt for you now in the last um couple of years seeing the progression in jiu-jitsu 
and seeing so many more females coming in and, and being a sort of role model, um, obviously, like for, for females competing and you've done so well. Um, and again, we've, we've keep touching on it, but you've made a career out of it. How does it feel for you seeing that new wave of people coming through? Oh, it's so good. And um, I think I've said this before, but, and I know it's kind of cheesy, but like, um, I'd love to be like that person who like, when the new girls come through to Black Belt, I'm like passing the torch kind of thing. And like, obviously I want to beat them up. <laughs> but at the same time, like if they beat me up, it's kind of, this is only a positive thing. And um, it just means that women's Jiu Jitsu is getting better. So it's like, it's a good news if uh, the girls come through and they start to kick my ass. So um, it pushes me to get better. And yeah, I just love how many more girls train now and how many more women get the benefit of that. And I think it's with uh, how things have changed as well in terms of like um, people's attitudes towards women on the mat. Like I'll yeah. go teach a seminar and there's mainly guys there because like, okay, mainly guys still train at the moment, but there's way more women. And like, I thought, oh, men won't come to my seminars, but it's always tons of men there um unless it's a women only seminar then obviously not they're not allowed um <laughs> but that's kind of why i tend to shy away from doing just women only seminars because there are plenty of men who want to come and learn and have no issue with learning from a female um i don't think they even think about it they're just like oh i like her fights i want to come yeah. learn from her so um that was off topic but, <laughs> no, but I, um, I hope that me teaching can make other girls think oh it's fine to teach seminars and I can charge a certain amount. I shouldn't undercharge or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, definitely don't undervalue your skills. Like it takes so much time to get to that point. And as you said, um, um, it, you can't control what the audience are thinking anyway. So I think often it's more of a fear ourselves. Like you said, you, you, you didn't think you'd get guys coming to your seminars, but you obviously do for obvious reasons. Um, one of the things for people starting out, and I want to get a comparison between when they just begin and, and, to, and, and how you um, control these things now or how you react to these things more so, is when you first get into, and for anyone that's watching right now and, and hasn't yet started their jiu-jitsu journey or has been thinking about joining a school, there's a lot of frustrations initially like for the first uh, for the first couple of months until you, you you're you're like a fish out of water when you get on the mats mm. and it can be frustrating when you're not seeing that progress well you're not seeing it but there is progress happening and um, maybe you're getting you know armbarred over and over choked over and over and over which happens everybody yeah. um, those frustrations are very real at the start um I'm sure as you get more experience and get to the level you're at, when you do approach a stalemate or you have a couple of months or that where you don't feel the same progress is happening or your game is progressing, how did you deal with it back then and how do you deal with it now? And what would you say to the people that are watching that are maybe currently going through that? Yeah, so like it's so common. I feel like I, feel like I never get better. <laughs> Uh, especially when I train with people and they always beat me up and they're also getting better so it's very hard to uh to measure it um I think that's but the like yeah I think having goals was like such a huge thing for me like I turn up to training and I try and just train and do whatever the session was and if I didn't watch any jiu-jitsu or take an interest in it myself then it's kind of hard to improve dream. Um, like I know people will say jujitsu is boring, which I, I don't understand. Like if you do this, like if you don't do jujitsu, then I totally understand. It probably looks very strange, but if you do jujitsu, why don't you watch jujitsu? Like you do it, you understand what's going on. Then it should be fun to watch. <laughs> Just find good matches and then it will be fun. Um, if you're really into it, I guess. But uh, yeah, so like just making sure I had goals for each session was like a huge changing thing because I would get so frustrated and I still get frustrated, but um, definitely less so now, even though I feel like I progress very quickly or, or at a much faster rate when I was at the lower belts, mm. um, maybe didn't feel quick at the time, but now looking back, I'm like, oh, those are good days. <laughs> um, whereas now I'm like, oh. I slightly adjusted my hips there and that made no difference. During like, <laughs> that's kind of what it's like now. I think it's um, the details you start to look at when you go up the higher belts and you get to the level you're at, it's the smallest little details can completely oh, change. I feel like I have, it's so confusing. I feel like I have so much to learn and I know so little, but at the same time, I make no progress. <laughs> 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 or such small progress, it's so weird. Um, 
but uh yeah like i think not letting that dishearten you if you feel like you're not getting better you're definitely not getting worse and um the best way to sort that out is to watch lots of jiu-jitsu and have goals when you go train because there's no way you can't improve if you're doing that unless you're not you're just laying there like a salmon i don't know yeah. <laughs> it, it's something I'm, I'm glad you touched on it again on that on goals as well because it's something i could talk over and over and over about mm. and it's something i'll always bring to my anyone that um you know ask me questions i'm usually well what's your goal at the minute what are you doing in order to try and achieve that goal and that does that sort of helps you to to bring in a measurement system that you can refer back to and say well okay no well there is progress because i've gotten from this point to this point i've hit this goal and and then you start to set higher goals and it also i think gives you confidence listen you're you're messing with your hair <laughs> Quarantine hats. Gave it mine off. I don't know. But um, yeah, so goals are such an important uh, way to 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 measure uh, measure progress. Um, you've had you've had like you've hit some massive already had highlights. As we said, you're 25. It is 25, isn't it? 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly. Yeah. No. Listen, 35. I'm an old man now. You know what I mean. <laughs> But um, yeah, you've had had so many highlights, and uh, what's what's next for you? Like, like, how do you step it up a notch from here? What's your next big goal? What's your next thing that you're striving for? And how are you actually staying on point right now for when you do get back to competition season? Um, like for me, it's there's like nothing. Ma like I've said this for years and years and years. Even at like purple belt, blue belt. Well, it was not blue belt. I don't know what's going on with a blue belt. I don't know what I was doing, but <laughs> definitely from Purple Belt up, I, all I think to myself, if I lost, I remember losing the final of Purple Belt Worlds, I was like, doesn't matter, like, all that matters is Black Belt Worlds, mm -hmm. and now I'm a Black Belt, it's like, I have so many tries at this, um, I have years and years ahead of me, I don't plan on doing anything else other than this, I want to open a gym one day, but, like, that's all jiu-jitsu, <laughs> um, so it's kind of like, all that matters is Black Belt Worlds, if I lose at Europeans, or if I lose at PAMs, or... I lose this year's worlds, doesn't matter. There's always next year's worlds. I just go to the next one and, and like kind of taking it like that. And that helps me kind of not freak out so much if things aren't going my way for a while. Like if I'm not winning or I'm not doing so well, um, like that, just having that goal and that's always going to be the goal. And I'm sure that once I reach that, that I'll just go, okay, now I need to win it three times, <laughs> five times and, and kind of go like that. So, um, Good. Yeah, for me, it's like that's the goal. That's the consistent one. I'll have smaller goals, as in like I really want to improve my guard, or I really want to um, get good at this position, or or whatever it is. Like I always have those little mini goals, but like they all build up towards that one. Yeah, they, and they, then sometimes it's if I, I'm feeling sorry. They all fit in, as you said, for that larger goal. There's the reason you're doing those small things is so yeah. onto that bigger thing. And then sometimes if I'm having a really rough time, sometimes it's like I don't have any technical goals. It's just I want to enjoy jiu-jitsu for a bit. Like maybe I'm losing touch with that. Maybe I feel like I'm not having fun in my sessions. Maybe I'm getting too bogged down with pressure or whatever it is. And then it's like my goal is to enjoy the session and to mess around and just like do fun stuff in my roles and do crazy stuff. And, and like that's like, but like the consistent one is to always love jiu-jitsu because I know what it's like to fall out of love with a sport and for there to be preventable things that I could have done if I'd just known, you know, or if I'd just had a different mindset. And for jiu-jitsu, it's like, as much as I love it, like, you can get burnt out of anything. And, um, yeah, so my focus is just, if I'm not enjoying it for a while, like right now in, in quarantine, <laughs> I have some mats and I have no competitions coming up and it's hard to think, oh, I need to be ready for this competition because I don't know when that competition's going to be. And right now it's just like the goal is to have fun mess around on the mats that's it so <laughs> that's a brilliant piece of advice in itself um again for for whatever it is that your, your your sport is or if you're trying to get into something for usually people look to start improving their health and fitness and it might be from a weight loss point of view or something like that and people when people walk through the doors of our gym i try and say well listen like yeah. first thing first things first when you're finished this session you're going to feel fantastic so let's try on that and that's going to help to bring you back the next time and yeah. if you're enjoying it, again, it might be going around in circles a little bit, but if you're enjoying it, you're going to continue to do it over and over and over, which eventually then you start to see progression, you start to move up the levels. I think that goes, goes without for, for any sport. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely.
Um, what do you feel? Actually, you mentioned uh, before I go on to you've got some mats in there at the minute. I know there's probably a few watching going, you know, what's she doing at the minute? How is she, <laughs> how is she improving? Um, what's your daily, what's your routines looking like at the minute from a drilling point of view and, and from just training in general? What are you working on to, sort of set, to, to stay somewhat sharp? For jiu-jitsu, um, it's usually, I go on the mats with my boyfriend. Luckily, he's a black belt. <laughs> um, and we kind of drill for a bit. But the drilling is mainly, it's not like structured, strict drilling. It's just like, oh, let's have a look at these techniques. And I saw this on YouTube, <laughs> um, just like I'm sure anyone else is doing. Like, there's nothing different there. Um, and then it descends into like chaos where we just roll for ages. Um, and it's just because he's my boyfriend, it just ends up being a giggly play fight. Yeah. But he picks me up, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or it, it turns into like a mild argument. <laughs> so it goes either way most of the time it's positive um but like mo mainly right now i'm i'm not so much worried about my jiu-jitsu like i know i'm not going to forget jiu-jitsu in like a month during this or like a few months and and it's kind of like kind of feels like if i'm injured i can't do as much like we will do a bit but like we can't train in the same way as i would at the gym with like loads of training partners yeah. um so like i'm going running and i hate running and i hate running so much that i want to be good at running because mm. i hate that i hate it if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to do it because I hate it that much that I want to be good at it. <laughs> um, like that. I have a kettlebell and I'm doing lots of yoga and I'm loving yoga, which yeah, who knew you'd feel so good if you just stretched. <laughs> yeah, I'm encouraging people to ask me as well. Just do, look, look, go on. There's so much information online. And like that, do yoga. Just do yoga. You're going to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so hard as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is. Oh, yeah. I think because you look and you think, oh, that person's not moving. That looks very easy. <laughs> yeah. In reality, if, you're do if it's easy, you're definitely not doing it right. Anyway, that's... <laughs> that's oh, my God. I'm trying to do a handstand as well. Quite good. <laughs> but even things like that... I can do one, but, like, not very well. But even little goals like that, like, uh, helps you, helps keep you ticking over. And, and I think at the minute with this, with the pandemic and whatever, being locked down, like, it's such, so important that we're enjoying what we are doing and that we're setting those little goals in order to stay, as I said, mentally on point and, and to not go, not go mad. Because I, with everybody else we've, I've spoken to over the last couple of weeks, um, your, your number, we've, we've had, I think, 12 lives now. So, great. And, and across the board, everyone same thing try not to consume like get consumed with social media and all this negativity that's going around like look after yourself look after your own health enjoy yourself find something whether it's a walk or um whether it's yoga that you enjoy doing and no more than you just said there do perhaps it's a time to to look to double down on your weaknesses and if you dislike running like set it as a challenge for yourself and um, that's exactly how i like to approach things if i really don't like something if i'm not good at something really pisses me off yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly the same it makes me so mad and everyone's putting their running times on that app oh i'm so slow i was like wait they don't even train like some people put it up and they don't even train and i'm like yeah oh my god i'm an athlete or meant to be um and i'm so bad so like it's really made me mad so um i'm going to become a runner basically yeah. <laughs> It's adding to your game. If you ever need to run away from a match or anything like that, like you'd be exactly. To... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at the time here. I didn't realize we're on now for 50 minutes, and it's been. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's been absolutely fantastic. It's great. So the idea of these is so we get a good insight into yourself and into your training method and into sort of what makes you tick. Um, but uh, which actually leads me on to my next one. Outside of jujitsu. Um, what 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 gets you going? What what makes you take outside of jujitsu? Like, what do I like to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have hobbies. <laughs> um, oh, what do I like to do? I like other exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, what I'm realizing is, if I want to do any like in this situation where it's like. I can't do as much jiu-jitsu or I can't get the same buzz off the jiu-jitsu because it's not like tons of training partners and doing loads of rounds and going crazy. Um, I need to do something to like focus on anything else. Yeah. Um, but like I, I did a little doodle. I drew a little bit. Then I was like, oh shit, drawing. Um, I really like just competing. So like anything like uh, my boyfriend's going to run into and he's way faster than me. So 
I just want to be faster than him or at least catch up to him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so just little things like that, like anything competitive yeah. I want to be involved in. Um, I don't really have, I just love jiu-jitsu and mm. yeah. like, it's not a chore to do it, you know, like watching yeah. jiu-jitsu, doing it, teaching it, you know, or like anything to do with it. And, yeah. and then anything that's going to help it. So running will make my cardio better, which will make me better at jiu-jitsu, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Yoga will help with weights makes me stronger so that I can bench people off me if yeah. I get the side control. So yeah. <laughs> bring things back to your main goal, which is to get better at jujitsu. And you as as you mentioned there, maybe you don't like doing strength training, but if you look at it as a tool that's gonna help sharpen, you know, that's gonna help sharpen your, your overall game, it, it becomes easier to do because you know you have to do it in order to, to progress or like the yoga yeah. running like that, yeah. And you approach it from a different <laughs> yeah, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this a shout out for? Bear bells. Bear bells. They're not actually sponsored, but they do do <laughs> Maybe they will. Maybe they will after this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a huge crossover, and it's funny now, as we said, like a, a couple of years ago when you would have started this sport, it was it, it wasn't very mainstream, and it's starting to come a lot more into the mainstream now. And you see people that are doing rugby, that are doing other sports, competing in other sports at a professional level, that are now adding jiu-jitsu in, um, in order to help them progress at their sport. So there's such a massive correlation between jiu-jitsu and, and quite a lot of other sports. Yeah. The question I'm going to ask you is, if you weren't doing jiu-jitsu, what's the other sport that you would be doing? MMA. That's the same thing. <laughs> Oh, you can't. Do <laughs> okay, I can't do anime because it kind of mixes. <laughs> rugby. Oh, I loved rugby. I, it's just such a shame there wasn't really like that. No, no, I couldn't do That's rugby because like, team sports. I'm too selfish. Yeah. <laughs> I be, I'm like a ball hog. I was like, no, I want to score the try and like pass the ball. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I want the glory. <laughs> so maybe that wouldn't work. Oh, something just like I'd have to be something where I could just punch someone or kick them maybe boxing maybe boxing but like obviously i can't punch right now i have no striking of mma but maybe you can have your own sport you can come up with your own sport wrestling <laughs> oh, <laughs> something, something with like maybe like stick like axe throwing or something. i don't know something just aggressive and, and terrible <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Um, I'm going to move it on into I always do this towards the end of an interview a quick fire round okay they're okay. fun <laughs> so um, uh, let, let's fire into that first thing who's the toughest opponent you faced be a mosquito terrifying yeah oh so scary and <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if, is there any opponent out there that you really, actually past or present, guy or girl, that you would just absolutely love to roll with or grapple with that you haven't yet had the opportunity or chance to do? I think if I rolled with Marcelo, I'd cry. Yeah? You've never had the chance, no? <gasps> no, I'd no. just love to. And then I'd just cry and you'd be like, okay, next round. <laughs> <laughs> Gone out there? Have you been in New York? I went, I went, I went to New York. Uh, I went to Unity. Shout out to Unity, which is an amazing gym um, and has loads of good people there. They got the meows and things there, um, Rolo Santana. But um, but like, I'd also like to visit uh, Marcelo as well someday. But at the time, you just like, I just wanted Unity had such good training. I was like, I don't want to go anywhere else. So I'm just going to go yeah. here. Um, but yeah, I'd love to roll Marcelo. And I think I'd, I don't know if I would want it too much that it would freak me out. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that's not quite fine. <laughs> Um, what's the you've had a lot of success a lot of highlights uh, from getting your black belt to, to meddling at worlds to meddling at europeans to god knows what else <laughs> what's what's the crowning achievement for you so far um probably the double gold at europeans um which is like the probably the most recent thing but yeah. it's just like it was more like um because it's so different to the last one where like i, I did terribly in the absolute in the europeans prior prior like i won my division but i did really bad in the absolute um and i just felt way more calm and and i got a major uh open class gold which was like a huge goal for me as well um because i struggled with the open class so much um being quite small not small but like lightweight like you don't really do well in open class usually um so like that was a big yeah. Off my list. 
What's the low light? Oh, ADCC <laughs> final. Just like the best performance in the match before and then like the worst performance in the final. <laughs> Just like the huge high and then the massive low. It was like, I don't know, probably what doing coke. Oh, probably yeah. what doing coke and then having a down is like. <laughs> I've not done it, so I don't know. Like I imagine that's what it's like, maybe. Maybe worse. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I'm sorry if there's children watching. <laughs> I don't do coke. Anyway. <clears throat> uh, greatest strength. Uh, quick, quick, quick. Ah, um, I don't have strength. Um, jiu jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> greatest weakness. Running. <laughs> maths. Maths. Maths is a uh, uh, Favorite motivational quote. I don't know any. Um, Give us some baby's inspiration. Make up uh, your own quote. <laughs> make up my own inspirational quote. Um, don't eat while driving. Don't eat while driving. Okay. I Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> any favorite books? I don't read. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One word to describe yourself. Fun. Oh, that's a bit. Yeah, it's okay. It's a, it's a word. I think I'm fun. <laughs> Gear no. Gear no. Oh, gee. Gee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Favorite sports hero or any idol that you've had? Oh, everyone. There's so many. Louisa Montero, sports hero. Everyone in Jiu Jitsu. I don't know. Marcelo, Rolo Santana, Adolfo Vieira, Leandro Lowe. Yeah. Lots of people. Sorry. They're all Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> And <laughs> um, favorite movie? Oh, I don't really like films. I don't yeah. know. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've got a couple of questions. That's the end of my quick fire round. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, we've got a couple of questions that have come in here, so we might finish off with that if that's okay. Mm. We got Ross. Uh, what do you miss most about not being able to train properly? Just being around all my friends and doing my favorite sport, basically like the camaraderie. Mm. Um, just yeah, like just all my friends. Basically, that's like the main thing I miss right now. Yeah, it's uh, getting to roll with my friends and um, I don't know. Like it's just it's just so easy. Like like we were saying before the running, like going out to run, it's so hard to make myself do. But jujitsu, I'm like like there's no mental struggle with like mm. going to jujitsu. I mean, like that doesn't. I don't find that hard to go and make myself, I don't have to make myself go. And it's just like such an easy way to get those endorphins and to feel good. So I miss that. I think just before we got uh, cut off there, uh, D.BJJ had asked a question. He just said he didn't catch the reply before the connection went bad. And it was, how do you approach, as a female, how do you approach <laughs> training and rolling with guys? Just the same as I approach rolling with, with yeah. women or non-binary. Um, just trying to do my techniques during that trying to um impose my game i guess if they're a lot bigger that um i'll work on certain things because they're bigger and i've got that opportunity to try certain things against a bigger opponent but like it's no different than rolling with a girl um yeah <laughs> i think um so yeah so on to the next one braz5016 um wants you to comment on the feeling of being be a mosquito um it's great. I consider it to be the, the goat of the female athletes. So yeah. um, I, I don't know how, if, how many times that could happen. Like if you, if we fought 10 times, I don't know what the outcome would be. Yes, um, yeah. But yeah, it was like the, probably the best moment ever. New <laughs> um, highlight. Yeah. Like for me, like that was huge. Like, because I don't know, maybe if you don't, know the context and like, like she beat me at the adcc before and like for two years i've just been thinking about beating her and 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 doing that and um, and that's a compliment to her you know because she's so amazing that that's why that was such a huge goal for me um so yeah this is the best feeling ever and i can't wait to fight her again and and to keep fighting people of that level because i know it's going to push me to be better and maybe i won't win the next time maybe i will um but like that's the she's the best and like that's what I'm trying to get to and to hopefully surpass one day. Um, yeah, so that's the goal. <laughs> We've got Gumo Zemo, uh, hasn't been training for a year. What would you recommend for the return? Go back, to, what do you mean recommend how? Like you just have to go training. <laughs> um, if you've been injured, then obviously 
ease yourself in and and ease yourself in even if you haven't been injured but um yeah like just try and get back some consistency um if it's something you enjoy and you've been thinking about and a year on you still want to go back to that's a good thing and only means that you enjoyed it so get back stuck in and no one's gonna judge you for being off for a while like i always think it's weird when people are like oh i can't go back because they're gonna like yeah. it's not a cult <laughs> or hopefully a gym's not a cult so they're, yeah. they're happy to see you right? uh, well we welcome everyone <laughs> yeah everyone wants you to come back on the mat because we're weird pajama wearing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia is asking you. Olivia um, is asking you why. Why are your eyelashes still looking so good, you jerk? Oh, they're not. No, I've got one false lash left. Can you see it? <laughs> like that's the final one, and the rest is just mascara. So <laughs> I've got one, and it looks when I don't have mascara on, it looks yeah. really bad. It's just one big black thing sticking out here. Um, I'm tempted to just yank it out my head, but I'm resisting. <laughs> Uh, thanks <laughs> after coming in here from lily fangi lily fangi okay um is it possible to compete at professional level um, and still hold a full-time job yes there's lots of um lots of women doing that i i'm not so sure about the male divisions because like i focus on the women's divisions i am a woman um but there's lots of women who are doing that um maybe not full-time work but i know there's a lot of girls working part-time at least um if it's something you want to do if you want to be a professional athlete I think you need to like, like Livia is, for example, she works as a, as a physiotherapist. I hope I got that right. And she is very high level. She's one of the top girls. So just shows you can. And most girls are teaching jujitsu. So like, I don't work traditionally, but I teach seminars when I'm not competing on the weekend or I'll go in the weeks or whatever, or teach classes. So it's not like I'm not working at all. Like it's all to do jujitsu and it definitely helps my jujitsu. But um, most people have to teach classes or have a gym or maybe they do PTs or something that's like a side thing um, because it's not tons of money in the sport and there's very few people and those people tend to be male who get lots of money to just do jiu-jitsu but there's very few of them anyway so um it's very doable yeah what are these yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that'll hold you back yeah um so we got a a, a question from uh oh. um about your nutrition um, are you still eating the same as you would be when you're competing and when you're on the mat, or has your has your nutrition sort of changed your daily um, eating habits? Yeah, I'm. Um, I don't normally track my calories or anything like that um, mm. because I my weight just stays the same pretty much when I'm training all the time. Um, and then now, though, because I'm not training to the same intensity, or I, I can't get the same intensity doing like i can't i guess i can but it's, it's just not the same as like i find doing jiu-jitsu training so easy that like i'm probably burning loads of calories and and not noticing because it's just so fun um, yeah. whereas now it's just not the same um so like i'm just tracking my calories to make sure i don't turn into a giant marshmallow but i kind of am a giant marshmallow now um but that's okay i don't really mind you're gonna jump up a weight class no i'm not <laughs> i mean i went up a weight class anyway i went up to what uh to lightweight yeah. So now I'm just more comfortable in my weight class. <laughs> so that's fine. Um, right. Favorite way to eat potatoes? Um, yeah. Mashed. Sorry, Carol. <laughs> um, so we, we're going to go with one more. You've been so um, so given of your time, and thanks so much. Um, so we might make this the last one, and it's from James905. Uh, what's your recovery routine like? Um, I don't have, like, a routine. There's just things I do daily that kind of keep me in check. Um, yeah. Like I don't, I wouldn't be like, I guess not recovery routine, but just more like just daily keeping up myself. But um, I don't really drink. I'll drink on special occasions, um, but I don't drink casually or anything. Um, like you don't have to do that, but just it works for me. I just feel terrible if I don't drink. Um, even if I had a sip of gin and I was drunk the other day. So <laughs> I had a sip and I was like, oh. Um, uh, I do lots of yoga lots of stretching I, I really enjoy that though so i mean that's a bit different and that helps me i definitely feel way better when i do that and uh, i make sure i eat enough like like tracking calories isn't just like oh i need to lose weight it's more like making sure i'm eating enough as well if i've done tons that day or whatever it is um and then i don't like really do anything special i don't think <laughs> sorry <laughs> cbd so um yeah, so pretty much uh, yoga, 
just getting your nutrition in there, water, the main things, just mm -hmm. keep it. Yeah. Just, you know, the boring stuff. I, I, um, sometimes I take supplements if I remember. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes. Most <laughs> <laughs> time I don't. <laughs> um, no, listen, fan, I think everyone always thinks there's a magic pill you can take or something, you know, but yeah, as you said, just doing the boring things and doing it regularly um, as much like every day, if possible. Um, that's the only way you're going to see differences, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's all boring. Like all the answers are probably kind of boring. It's like, just eat vegetables and train <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Don't drink, don't drink drugs, eat vegetables. That's the biggest yeah. thing. Woo. I mean, there's lots of people who take drugs and they do very well at their sport. So, I mean, well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> their own. <laughs> Each of their own. <laughs> I'm quite boring, but you know, do you. So. Listen, Fionn, thanks so much for your time. Um, it's been fantastic having you on. So much. Thanks it's for having me. Sorry. Coach, it's fantastic. Can't wait to see you competing again. And uh, I'm sure anyone that's watching that, that, that competes, they're, they're at the same level. They can't just wait to get out of lockdown and that. But guys, it will happen. We get out of this at some point. So, so uh, mainly <laughs> training and keep training. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much. Deadly, Fionn. Thank you so much. Okay, best of luck. Hi <laughs> right, guys, thanks so much for everyone for jumping on and I know we had a couple of issues there with a couple of connection issues on that um, but we got it done and dusted, thank God. So a huge thanks to Fionn for coming on board, um, very given over time, we had, uh, that's been the longest one yet, um, over an hour and 10 minutes. Um, next week we have a jam-packed week again, Monday, Wednesday and Friday I think. On Monday we've got Irish international rugby player Caelan Doris. Um, he's going to join us and, and, and talk again about health and fitness. We have Liam Harrison, um, Liam Harrison Muay Thai eight-time world champion, um, absolutely fantastic legend of the sport. He's going to join us on Wednesday. And then on Friday, we've got Irish Olympian David Gillick. So jam-packed week. If you keep an eye on our social media pages, Instagram and Facebook, um, you'll see the times for those. Again, if you want to jump on board, ask some questions, you can DM me your questions or you can ask them live and we'll try and get around to them as well. Guys, that's it for today, but thank you so much for joining me. Have a great day and have a great coming weekend and we'll see you next week. All right, guys, that is a wrap on another episode. Thank you for joining me this week on the Gym and Tonic podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.thegymballonat.ie for more great content. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify or Stitcher and you'll never miss another episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I would really appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help me out too. If you liked this podcast, you might want to check out our social media platforms. On Instagram, at the underscore gym underscore Balana or on Facebook at the gym Balana. Be sure to tune in for next week's episode. That's it from me, Stephen, at the Gym and Tonic Podcast. And remember, this is what we do.